0: Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth that the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host Ruth Hendrickson for real truth with Ruth as we dive into the word of God. Hey everyone, it's great to be with you again today. You know, I wanted to share with you a meme that my friend Sandy Freed pasted on her Facebook page today. And it says this, When David faced Goliath, he didn't talk about how dangerous Goliath was. He talked about how great God is. Don't talk fear, talk faith. And I thought that was such a great reminder as we as we kick off today, because the Lord's been talking to me, telling me the last few days to talk about navigating the uncertain seasons of life, especially uncertain political seasons. And I was thinking about all these different scriptures that I can go into, because all through scripture, there are difficult seasons, and often they do have a political bent to them. But when I looked at this, when David faced Goliath, he didn't talk about how dangerous Goliath was. He talked about how great God is. Don't talk fear, talk faith. What's coming out of your mouth? What are you thinking about? As you look at life currently, as you look at the uncertainties of life, whatever they are, what are you talking about? What is coming out of your mouth? Are you talking fear? Is that what's coming out? Because if it's what's coming out, then it's what's in your heart. Or are you talking faith? Again, if it's faith coming out, then it's faith in your heart as opposed to fear. And so I had a couple of questions that I wanted to ask. And the first question is who or what are we depending on for our security? And so before we give the quick Christian response, I think a fair question to ask is what's in my heart? What's in the very core of my being? Now, you can be saying, how do I get to that? here's another thing. Okay. So what do you go to sleep thinking about? Or what do you wake up thinking about? Because those can really tell us what's in our hearts. What are we thinking about during the night hours? What if we wake up during the night? What's on our heart? What's on our mind? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Are we thinking about the news? Are we thinking about all that? If this happens, what if that happens? Or are we thinking on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the steadfastness? The, the steadfastness of God and how he comes in to these situations. Are we reminding ourselves to get our feet back under us to be firmly planted on him, our rock, our salvation? What are we doing? So if you're wondering like where your really heart your heart is at or where all this anxiety's coming from, a great way is to look at what you're thinking about when you go to sleep and what you're thinking about when you wake up. And because that really um gives us a good indicator of where our heart's at. Now with that, What do we do? How do we handle that? Because we all have anxious thoughts, right? Okay, we all have seasons. We all have times when we don't sleep well, when we toss and turn, when we go to bed troubled, when we wake up troubled. And so as I was looking through all of this, I went to Psalm 42. And I want to read it to you, and then we're going to go and we're going to take it apart a little bit. Because in this Psalm, we have some fantastic keys to walking through these seasons. When they seem to keep coming, it's like we're getting hammered with them. And so let me read it to you first, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And it reads, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, op- oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones, they scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my Lord. So if we go right back to the very beginning of that, verse 1 talks about the deer longing or panting for the streams of water. This is actually the pictures is a very, very deep longing, such as dying of thirst. You can't be satisfied. Searching for you're unable to find. It's almost like you see water off in the distance, but you can't get there. It's just an illusion. It's a it's a it's 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 a. you know, you just can't get to it no matter what you do. It also it also goes on and like there's an intense hunger. The psalmist states that his only food during the night is his tears. So there's a deep sadness, there's a sorrow there, there's a longing. And in the midst of all this, there's taunting going on. In other words, the enemy is surrounding him. They haven't gone away. Even as, as he lays there, even as he longs, there's something else happening. Verse 4 says, My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading great possessions to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks among the sound of great celebration. And so his heart's breaking, and he, but he remembers and that biblical thought to remember is actually it's it's like this deliberate act of calling to mind it's very 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 intentional and as he's remembering he's actually remembering the corporate gathering it's possible he was a leader because he talks about leading into the 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 great procession you know leading the singing and so, so we think he's, he, he's quite possibly a leader. And how many of us are not able to lead the way that we have normally led before? How, often, how many of us are missing the corporate gatherings and the coming together? Because in our very being is this God-given desire to gather together. Okay, not to be separate, not to be isolated, but to gather together. And so because that's what's in our very DNA, because that's what God's given us, when there's something happening, whether in the in the natural realm, the physical realm, viruses, um, you know, sickness, death, destruction, or in the political arena where things are feeling unsettled and we're not sure what we're looking to, there could be this this, you know, we can remember the good old days. Okay, remember the good old days. And um, as he begins to remember, and this is really important, he begins to ask questions. And these are the why questions. Now, we have to understand that why questions can become a trap. We can get into the why God, why God, why God, which is really what we're saying is, I want to write to decide, God, if you were correct or incorrect with the decision you made. Those those why God questions can actually become a trap. And they're a trap that pull a lot of people away from the Lord. Especially in times of turmoil, especially in times of political unrest, especially in times of sickness, when there's things that we can't control and and they can lead us down to a rabbit hole, and it actually pulls many away from their walk with the Lord. But why questions, when used rightly, can also become a repositioning tool and and again, it all depends on how they're how they're being used. So here, the psalmist is actually actually asking himself two questions. And they don't go at this point into God questions. He's actually saying, okay, why am I discouraged? And why is my heart, and in biblical thought, the heart is the whole being, okay? So why is my whole being so sad? But what happens is he asks these questions. It's a good self-talk. He's really given himself a good talking to and a good lecture. It's immediately followed by, I will, which is a declaration. I will. It's a firm statement. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. He is my savior. He is my God. That word Savior right there is literally salvation is from his face. In other words, he's saying, I know where my help comes from. I know where my salvation comes from. So therefore, I will, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. He is my Savior. He is my God. Okay, so it's like he's... He's climbing up, okay, he's saying, I cannot stay down here. My soul, you are discouraged. My whole being, my heart is sad, but I can't stay in that place because I will. This is who I was created to be. I will. And some of us right now need to begin to decree and declare, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. He is my Savior. He is my God. He is my salvation. And yet sometimes when we start to do that, which is what we see here, we slip back down. The psalmist is unable to stay in that place. And we have to understand that the roller coaster of emotions, the roller coaster of the pain and the declaration cannot stop us from continually repositioning ourselves, from continuing saying, no, I can't stay down here. I can't stay in the pit. You were not created to stay in the pit. You were created to soar on the wings of eagles, which means we reposition ourselves. And so um, honestly, we could feel like we climbed to the top of the mountain and then we suddenly slip and fall, find that ice slide that takes us straight down. And it's like on the way he's yelling, now I'm discouraged again, now I'm discouraged again because here I was, I was taking ground, I was climbing, I was beginning to feel the Lord's presence. And yet, yet, somewhere I lost my foothold again and I'm sliding right back down. But actually, as I was reading this, I could see a picture of 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 him just going so quickly down, like down into depression, down into hopelessness, down into despair. But then he sees this hand gripping or a hand reaches out and he grabs on. And he says, but, but even as I'm sliding down, even as I feel like I'm going down and under again, I will intentionally remember you. I will meditate on who you are. I will murmur the things about you. I will intentionally remember Even from those distant lands, those times when we feel like God is so far away, it cannot matter. If it feels like he's far away, we will still remember. That's our stance. I will remember who you are. I will remember the gathering together. I will remember your faithfulness. I will remember who you are. Even if I have to shout it, I decree it, I declare it, it's not based on our feelings. It's based on who he is. But even as he does this, remember how we talked about he heard the crowds. He was remembering the crowds and the growing to worship. Now what he actually hears is the raging seas. And the thing is, when we look at this, when he's hearing the raging seas, it's actually coupled with God's wrath. But that's what he's sensing. And the, and the language actually is as your waves. In other words, it's God's waves and surging tides sweep over me. This is not a comforting feeling. This is um. This is really more of a a sound or a look of judgment. And the tendency can be when we feel like that, when we feel overwhelmed, how many of us have felt overwhelmed? When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like things, aspects of life are out of control, when we look at the future and go, oh no, the what if, what if, what if, what if? What if our religious freedoms get stripped away? What if I can't provide for my family? What if I lose my job? What if we can't gather together again? What if my taxes go up? What if, what if, what if? Our tendency can be to get stuck there as the, as all that washes over us and let the hopeless come in. And I want to take that apart from whether or not it's God's judgment. Because right here, what we can end up doing when we feel like it's him, if it is him, okay, where where there is judgment being released, we can begin to preach the gloom and the doom and the judgment. Where remember, even if God corrects a course, He always it, it always is on to repentance. It's always on to reconciliation. It's always on to intimacy with him. So we can preach gloom and doom and we can get trapped in the waves and the surging tides, or we can remember who our God is. We can preach the goodness of God, the salvation of God, the the love of God, the favor of God. And yes, repentance and forgiveness and all that is wrapped into that. That's actually part of the journey back up. So when we look at the psalmist, he repositions himself, even as he says, he hears the raging seas. He, you know, he, that's coupled with God's wrath and what he's sensing, that it's the Lord's waves and the surging tides sweeping over him. He repositions himself and he says, but each day, and just say that right now, but each day, the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. Think about Lamentations 3, okay? His mercies are new every morning. The psalmist is saying right here, each day the Lord pours his unfailing love over me. In other words, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning, every single day. The Lord will give us, he will pour out onto us with extravagance, with abundance, what we need for the day. And that's really, really important to understand that we can look up and say, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. I hear the raging seas. I feel the waves crashing over me. This is so overwhelming. It feels so out of control. But Lord, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning for me. Your mercies are new every morning for my city. Your mercies are new every morning for my state, for my nation, for this world. Your mercies, God, pour out your mercies because Your mercies are new every morning. Each day, Lord, you pour out your unfailing and just say unfailing. Sometimes I think we feel like God's love fails us, but God's love cannot fail us. It is impossible for the love of God to fail us. And we have to begin to grasp that. Remember, I asked you what you were thinking when you go to sleep or what are you thinking when you wake up? You know, here here he's going through each night. I sing his songs praying to God who gives me life. When you wake up in the night, are you praising? Are you worshiping? Are you singing his songs? Or are you rehearsing the fears and the insecurities and the what ifs and the if onlys? In other words, during the night hours, the psalmist once again focuses on God and he recounts. He does this even when he feels forgotten or downcast or depressed or discouraged or disturbed or unsettled. The real emotions that all of us face that are there knocking at our door all the time and yet he goes, you know what? In the night hours, I will sing his songs. I will worship the living God. I will pray to the God who gives me life. And again, from this, he asks his heart the questions. Why am I discouraged? And why am I so sad? But again, he declares, I will put my hope in God and I will praise him again. So as I was looking at all this, I sense that, that, yes, there's an invitation to learn how to lament, to learn how to cry out to God, but to do it his way. Because too many of us have become stuck in the pain, the hopelessness, the emotion, may I dare I say the news media, the gloom, despair, and agony, okay, all the hopelessness, all the falseness, all the fake news, everything that's out there right now that is it is an assignment against the body of Christ to to keep us from rising up into the full authority that we have. understand, you carry the authority to move mountains. I carry the authority to move mountains. But we can't move mountains when we are crushed under the weight of of hopelessness and despair. And so it's time to learn to lament, to pour that out before the Lord, and then to say, but God, this is who you created me to be. This is who you are. This is what you have said. This is your word. This is your truth. Because too often we have not been repositioning ourselves into or onto his faithfulness and goodness. Instead, again, we've stayed. It's like we've chosen to stay in the grief and the pain and the abuse rather than walking out of it and stepping into his faithfulness and his goodness. Too often the taunts of others, the demands of our culture, the news media, our enemies cause us to negotiate internally and externally. Okay, so we begin to concede, we begin to make decisions based on the the based on the pain or based on the emotions or or based on the feelings of the moment, rather than based on who God is, the sovereignty of God, the goodness of God that he that our he is he is our salvation, his in his face is our salvation. so even in the midst of the wine, even in the midst of the hopelessness, and even in the midst of the the you know, despair, we come back and we can say, okay, heart, what's going on?" Why? Why does my whole body ache with this? Yo, know, what's going on? I, w- I was out the other day. I was driving around just looking at all the masks, and I just began to weep because I'm going, Lord, this is not the way you have created us to live. This is not the way. I see so much fear in people's faces. I see them turn away because they're so afraid you carry the plague. People, we don't carry the plague. We carry the goodness of the kingdom of heaven. And it's time to start walking in that, And to be releasing the goodness of faith and repositioning so we can ask, again, we can ask ourselves those questions. When the discouragement, when the depression, when the hopelessness, when the fear comes in, okay, what's going on? And yet we go back and we have to learn to go, but, but, I will decree, I will declare, I will i will remember who my god is i will remember how it used to be i will remember the crowds of worshipers i will remember singing for joy and giving thanks i will put my hope in god i will praise him again he is my savior he is my god no matter where i'm at no matter how i feel i will remember him because each day each day each day the lord pours out unfailing love upon me and so during the night when we wake up those night hours we sing his songs we worship him we pray to him he is our rock he is our rock and even when we feel forgotten even when we wander around in grief even when we're oppressed by our enemies even when we our whole body aches because we just feel so broken even when we're discouraged Even when we're sad, we step right back and we reposition and we decree and declare, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him. He is my savior. He is my God. And that becomes our stance. It's like that becomes our mantra. That becomes what comes out of our mouth. That becomes what lives in our heart and because of that it changes everything and so it in this in this shaking political season that we're in in this in this shaking uh, medical season that we're in you know with with this virus with not knowing what's true and what's false and and trying to sort everything out it's like depression this this shroud is trying to cover the earth and i want you to know as the body of christ your job is to take the sword of the spirit and begin to poke holes and rip and shred that shroud that's trying to cover the earth because the fog of the gates of hell does not have a right to cover this earth. This earth is meant to shine with the glory of God. And we need to take that sword of the spirit and go to war against that thing and break it down and rip it to shreds and bring freedom. So the question is, where are you going to position yourselves? No matter where your heart is at, it is time. Take that sword right now, even prophetically, take that sword in your hand and begin to reach up And slash through those clouds. Slash through that atmosphere. And begin to declare the glory and the goodness of God. And call heaven down to earth. And do it. Put some force behind it. Do it as you mean it. Yell it. And declare it. And decree it. Because if we're not going to fight this battle, we will lose. Because God has put you here. He's put me here for such a time as this. And it is time, warriors, army of God to pick up your sword. Remember what I started with, what Sandy Frieda posted on her Facebook page, the meme. When David faced Goliath, he did not talk about how dangerous Goliath was. He talked about how great God is. Don't talk fear, talk faith. Whether you are looking at the pandemic or whether you are looking at the political arena right now or anything else, it is time to stop talking fear and begin talking faith. Thank you for listening to The Real Truth with Ruth. If you like what you heard today, please visit ruthhendrickson.org for books, blogs, e-courses, and spiritual growth. You can follow Ruth on Facebook or Instagram at Ruth Hendrickson Ministries. See you next week.